0: First reading today comes from the book of First Peter, which is a book mostly about suffering, but suffering with the help of the risen Christ. So listen for this word from God as it comes to the first chapter, the third through the ninth verses. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials so that the the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold though perishable is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed although you have not seen him you love him And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And then the story that is sometimes called the story of doubting Thomas, which is not a fair assessment. From the 20th chapter of the Gospel of John, starting at the 19th verse. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples rejoiced, when they saw the Lord, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I send you. But when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, And yet who have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe in Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And that through believing, you may have life in his name. Friends, this is the word of the Lord be to God. So y'all remember when you were about 16 and you broke up either with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And women, what we did was we went straight to our bedrooms, on our beds and cried our eyes out. And maybe we asked one friend to come and be with us. And guys, you remember what you did. You went to the gym or the fishing hole or the car garage or the old dirt road with all your buddies. And you hung out and did man things. Because I say that because I don't know what man things are. We handle trauma differently as men and women, I think. But the one thing that is consistent about both of those is that we go to the place where we feel comfort. A bedroom, a fishing hole, a gym. Where is it you have known good feelings before? This is what the disciples are doing. Even though they're literally scared to death, locked in a room, afraid of the Jews that are going to come get them and put them to death the same way that their Lord was put to death, they go to the comfortable place they know. The last place they have seen Jesus. The place where the last supper was. The place where Jesus washes their feet The place where Jesus puts them first. And so I ask you the $64,000 question today why was Thomas not with them? Where the heck was he? They have gone back to the place where they can find comfort. And he is nowhere to be found. Was his doubt and disbelief already kicking in? So that he didn't feel he needed to be at that place where he once knew the Lord? Has he in a week's time already lost faith in something he once devoted his whole life to? Is he that shallow? That fickle? It doesn't really appear to be true. By every indication, Thomas was a very good disciple of Jesus. He listened to Jesus, he did what Jesus said, he followed Jesus faithfully. And yet we have this account where he gets labeled, not by the biblical account, but by the titles we put in, the sermons we preach, the interpretations we offer, that he is doubting Thomas. Pay attention to something important here language matters. And I've been searching for a good example for how to to say this to you, and I'm having trouble because the only one I can come up with is political and it won't work here. But Debbie gave me one this morning, so this is good because Debbie said to me, the temperature's off in the sanctuary, so the organ's acting up, which we can't have. We've got to have the temperature right in here, and we'll fix it and we got to put Wesson oil on that pedal because I heard it. But Debbie said to me, I'm going to have to play the piano today. She said, great, I love it when you play the piano. I tell her all the time, you can play the piano for me anytime, all day, whatever. Right? You would agree with me. Now, some people here have heard me say that and say, well, you don't want to play in the organ? No. Did I say anything about the organ? We do that. Ohio is a great, is a great state. Well, what, you don't like West Virginia? Right? Just because I'm saying something about one thing does not mean that I'm making a comment about something else. Watch me with the kids. Every kid in this church is my favorite. And I'll say to them, You're my favorite. And usually it's Quentin who says, Am I not your favorite too? Yep, you're my favorite too. You're all my favorites. Here's where we get caught up in this text. See, we hear Jesus say, blessed are you who can believe if you've not seen. And somehow we shift from what he's saying about it's a good thing to believe, if you, even if you don't see, to somehow thinking that he's chastising Thomas for doubting. Jesus never says a word about Thomas and his doubting. Jesus just says it's a good thing to believe if you can't see. So, lesson number one, let's all give Thomas a break. Understand something. There is a difference between doubt and disbelief. Doubt is when you say, well, I don't know. Somebody needs to prove this to me. Somebody needs to explain it to me. Somebody needs to help me understand this better. I mean, what the disciples are saying is crazy talk. This dead man is alive again, and he came to see us. Mm Really? What? And all Thomas says is, I'd like to see some proof of that. ain't nothing wrong with that now if Thomas had said no way you're wrong I don't believe any of it shut up I don't want to see it I don't want to talk to you anymore he doesn't say any of that he just says yeah I'd like to see some proof it's hard to understand we do that as human beings too Even if, like Thomas, we have devoted our lives to the church or the understandings of Christianity or living a life with Jesus, sometimes it gets hard. Life gets hard and we forget that even though life is hard, God is still good. talking to somebody recently whose child has had some really serious mental health issues and I was asking if we could get the kid to church and the mom said, no, I don't think so. I think she's just been hurt too much. She said she doubts everything about the church anyway. And then this mom confesses to me, and so do I, really. And my answer to her just came automatically, and it was, well, I'd I'd worry about you if you didn't. In just a minute, we're going to read the Apostles' Creed. When you read that, think about how mind-boggling everything we say in Christian faith is. God became human. That human was put to death for all of us. That human being rose again from the dead and now lives, reigns over us. It's crazy talk, really. And if you doubt it every once in a while, It's okay. But let me tell you that one of the reasons we come here together as a people of faith is to encourage each other when we have those doubts. Not to scold each other, not to mistreat each other, but to help each other by saying, yeah, you know, that is hard to believe, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Doubt is a real thing. there are reasons we move past it. We all see miracles every day. I was talking to my dear friend, Ruth. You're my sermon example, Ruth. Y'all need to buy me that coffee mug that says, be careful what you say to me. You might end up in my next sermon because it's true. Ruth was talking about, I'm almost done with the kindergartners this year. Woohoo, School's getting close to being over. God love you. I couldn't work with a kindergartner. But they're beautiful. And if you think about what, I was thinking about this when you were talking. Think about what life was like in September with those kids when they couldn't tie their shoes and they couldn't tuck their shirts in and they couldn't blow their noses and Halloween was crazy because you had to unzip and zip costumes all day long when they went to the bathroom to what you've got now. Kids who can read, stand in line and cooperate with each other. That's a miracle. Now, it's not a miracle like raising somebody from the dead, I'll give you that. But it's a great thing that God has done. So, friends, when you doubt, look around you and see what God is doing in your life and for those around you. It will help you. Doubt is okay, but you don't have to hang on to it forever. So know and believe. In Jesus' name,
1: amen.